Before we begin the episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Chin Up Goggles, the new generation of vision training. Its simplistic design eliminates downward vision, improving a player's spatial awareness, anticipation, skill acquisition and execution. The findings have been supported by scientific research in CIT, now MTU. Be sure to visit chinupgoggles.com for more. Welcome back to the Sideline Live podcast. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at the Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On episode 53, I'm delighted to be joined by Kilkenny Kamogi Star, Registered General Nurse, and all around legend Grace Walsh. In this episode, we discuss leaving search and careers, work life balance, mindset, giving back, and so much more. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with Grace, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Grace, thanks a million for joining me on the podcast. Hello, Orla. How are you getting on? Before we get into everything, would you mind introducing yourself to the listeners who might not know who you are? So I am Grace Walsh and I am from a place called Tullerone in County Kilkenny and I play Camogie with both Tullerone and Kilkenny. Very good. So growing up, you have a house full of hurlers. What was that like growing up with your four brothers? Yeah, I suppose I didn't really know any different um, for a long time. I've said it many times. I thought I was a boy because I probably didn't really know the difference. Um, I was treated exactly the same as the rest. Everyone always says, oh, you must have been spoiled because you're the only girl. But it was actually my little brother, Shane, who was the spoiled one. Um, right. But I was just treated like the rest of the boys. Uh, same jobs inside the house as outside. When you're out fucking around, they don't go easy on you just because you're a girl or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely love having four brothers. Um, we are all very close and they're all very good to me. Um, so I count myself lucky to have them. Uh, I wouldn't have minded a sister just for a yeah. bit of bit more female uh, influence, maybe. Uh, I don't think I started wearing makeup until I was 17 because <laughs> I got slagged at home. And my mom would be a bit of a tomboy as well. So, right. uh, yeah, a bit more female influence would have been nice. But uh, yeah, it was fun. That's good. That's good. You actually played um, hurling with the lads up to under 16. What was that like? And what was it like going onto the pitch with all the lads and the other team being like, oh, I'm not mar- marking the girl or, do you know, the usual stuff? Yeah, well, sure. Like when we were in primary school, it was just the done thing. You played with the boys. It was normal. Like, and the, the lads needed the girls as well for numbers. Like I, I we won a county final with school uh when I was in sixth class fifth class or sixth, fifth class I think and there was like seven girls starting on the team with the boys team mm. so it was kind of just the done th- done thing and then I suppose when I was playing with my club till her own um yeah sure it, it was a bit of crack really like I kind of liked sometimes when the lads would be like oh I'm not marking her she's a girl or they'd be buzzing like something like yes can't wait to mark her because she'll <laughs> So that used to really just motivate me to be like get really stuck in. And I suppose playing with the boys then you had no fear and stuff because um, at the time they were probably a bit stronger and stuff. Um, so you didn't really have any fear playing against them. And it was nice because you could be as rough as you wanted to be. Yeah. Um, and I was very lucky in that the lads on my team were very good to like look out for me. And I, I remember um a guy from 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 another club team nearly like started on me one time tried to start a fight with me wait what I happened pulled... before that what did you do <laughs> I don't I be the innocent one <laughs> <laughs> I might have tried to pull on the ball but hit one of the lads instead 
So I remember my friend, Jerry Luby is his name. He straight away got in the middle and just sorted it out. And he was like very protective. So <laughs> I was very lucky that they, they all looked out for me at the same time. Very good. Do you think that made you the player you are now and having that experience of playing with the boys and having people square up to you just made you a better player? Yeah, definitely. I know like get like when I was getting older and we started the Camogie team in Tullerone, I was playing with them. I was playing, I remember when I went into the Kenny panel first, I had absolutely no fear. Um, and it probably was coming from playing with the lads. And I suppose you're playing with, playing against people that from other people's point of view you you'll not be able to be as good as them I suppose mm-hmm. so I think when you learn how to adapt that um it makes you it makes you a better player it makes you stronger mentally and and physically as well and mm-hmm. again you just have no fear going out to play so I definitely would have benefited um but I suppose as times uh, as, as time times went on then I kind of learned that I wasn't growing or getting as strong um, yeah. as fast as the lads were so I was like right now is my time to go away yeah step away yeah and dreaming of playing for Kilkenny when did that start I suppose your brother there playing that must have been kind of from an early age you would have been exposed to inter-county hurling and obviously hurling is like religion in Kilkenny yeah well like my parents were just like just so heavily involved in GA like my mom didn't really play herself but her father was secretary of the Kilkenny County Board for years so like her whole life was was Kilkenny J and then my dad played with Tullerone and was just pure obsessed with it um so I suppose it kind of came from them and then in Tullerone like there's not a whole lot else to do and everyone's just obsessed with it so I suppose first of all it came from there and then Tommy started playing with Kilkenny when I was only eight years old so I was just a little girl going to all these Kilkenny matches as a fan and like thinking this is great and I suppose like in in terms of Kilkenny Camogie it wasn't as it wasn't out there as much it wasn't in the media you didn't see it as much um it, it, like the visibility just wasn't there so it was for me going to all the hurling games I was just looking up to all of these guys that would have played with my oldest brother I remember JJ Laney was always my favorite hurler because he was just so good and I suppose it kind of came from that I just remember thinking when I was younger I want to play I, I, I just never forget uh, I think Kenny were playing Tipperary maybe and uh, there was a goal scored and we were right behind the goal and we all went crazy. And I remember just thinking at the time, I want to play in Kilkenny, I want to play in Crook Park with the Kilkenny hurling team when I'm older. <laughs> but you know, that was that, that was obviously just because I was so young and I probably didn't think about playing Camogie with Kenny. But then I suppose as as time went on, you you obviously you're, you're playing with the the Camogie team and I suppose that's where you where you get inspiration from and stuff as well but when I was younger it definitely came from the Kenny Hurlers and then as time went on and as visibility grew I suppose then you're looking up to Camogie players. Mm-hmm. What was it like having your brother on the inter-county team and winning matches and? Um, yeah well at, like as I said I was only eight years old at the beginning so like I was only a tot really and I was going to these games and I remember sometimes people like it's your brother Tommy Walsh and I was like, yeah, and I see delighted. <laughs> yeah. But then as you got a bit older, I don't know why, I suppose you get a bit older and people kind of say to you a bit more, but I used to get quite embarrassed. And, and then okay. when I got to secondary school, I actually, um, I used to just hate if anybody ever mentioned it. Um, I don't know why, I suppose, I just probably felt maybe I was being compared or that maybe people are, people are only talking to you because you're uh, Tommy's sister or whatever. Um. Yeah. 
so as I got a bit older um I kind of shied away from it and I used to hate when people be like, would ask me or if I suppose if that question came about did I blank off there yeah you did your grand don't worry. sorry my battery <laughs> is on my phone so yeah it was like in the beginning when I was younger I was like I know like it was great people were yeah. like oh my your brother this is amazing and then as I got older I shy away from it a little bit um yeah. can't really I don't really know why but um I suppose then going on and playing for Kenny at the beginning I used to get called to do like different interviews and the first question was always something about Tommy yeah so I suppose I kind of started putting a bit of pressure on myself then and comparing myself and thinking I had to be I suppose as good as him or whatever but yeah was I learned to um get away from that and that thought process eventually but it was hard as amazing as it was and as proud as I am of him and obviously he was incredible and they had an incredible team and I feel so lucky that I got to experience all those like highs that they had with the Kenny team and it was amazing to watch um there were there were I suppose hard things about it as well you drew grew, you grew up dreaming of playing for Kenny when did that dream kind of come to fruition and when did you start getting involved in developing panels um so I suppose when I was play I played under 14 um one of the current players Megan Farrell her mother Helen was over us um so myself and my best friend from home Neve Dowling is her name we both went in. We, I think, we just did trials, um, and we both got onto the panel, and we won. It just went as far as Leinster that year. Um, we still, I still have a picture of the two of us. Um, oh. after winning the Leinster final, the jerseys were literally down to our toes. <laughs> uh, we were so small. I think I was playing corner back, but I suppose that's where it started, underage, and then you kind of just worked your way up. I was lucky to be involved, um, with a really successful team, uh, school team. I went to Loretta with Kenny and. You know, the players around me were incredible and I was very lucky to be involved with them. And I suppose from school teams, then you're kind of on to, you get on to Kenny panels from from those games. Mm-hmm. And then when it came to Kenny senior team came about, we, we had a minor uh, Kenny challenge match against uh, the senior team. Okay. And I remember, I didn't know really know any of the players at the time, so I didn't have any fear. And I remember been happy enough afterwards and I remember one of the coaches um Vinnie Shields was his name afterwards said to me I'd expect a call now from Man Downey if I was you so I had, hadn't thought of that and I'd never thought about playing with, like getting called up I was only 16 at the time mm-hmm. so it wasn't really something I had thought about at that age Um, so I remember looking at my phone for like the week after and heard nothing and I was kind of devastated then because I suppose the thought was put into my head but then couple of weeks later I ended up getting I was in Mark Cross and Kenny and my phone rang and I got a call from Man Downey and she just asked would I come in and help I suppose uh, make up numbers for training at the time and then once we were in she asked us to stay on myself and Megan Farr went in at the same time so um, I was uh, uh, I was more than happy and I kind of just went from there then I never really uh, went away from it after that so yeah that's good and I suppose growing up um, the big topic of interest at the moment is girls dropping out of sport particularly in the teenage years why did why didn't you drop out was it that chance of being in with Kilkenny was it the friendships what, what kind of made you stay in sport I suppose like I was just really obsessed and I absolutely loved it like there was never a time when I was underage when I was going through school that I didn't enjoy playing camogie ever oh, no. I just loved it and I suppose I was lucky that I was 
part of really successful teams as well and and like that's always going to help you enjoy your sport mm-hmm. um I suppose studies probably should have come first but they didn't really in, in my eyes I ended up repeating my leaving cert maybe because of that but um I suppose I think that if you I think a lot of people drop out because they think that their sport is going to affect their studies mm-hmm. when I, I I think it's that's kind of a bit of a cop-out because I know that if I wanted to work hard enough to get a get into a course that I wanted and I wanted to work hard enough to play at a, a senior level camogie with Kenny, mm-hmm. then it can be done, but you just have to be willing to put in that that work and that commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would always encourage people that if they want to do a course, whether it's low points or high points, um, that your camogie or your sport will only affect you if you allow it to. But if you're willing to put in the work to do both, if you enjoy both, then why not? Um, and I think exercise is so good for, especially nowadays, your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, why not keep it up? If you can't give the commitment to play at the highest level that you have been playing, then just drop down to like a, a level that doesn't require as much commitment. But I think sometimes people regret um, giving up something and mm-hmm. then sometimes they feel like it's too late to go back. Remember, I used to play. I used to Irish dance, and I used to also play hockey. Um, and it's something that I did. Like I've always been like, I'd love to go back and play a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose I I haven't given myself that chance. But I I do think why not keep on something that you enjoy, even if it's it, it's not at the level that you maybe want it to be. Why not keep it on? It's it's a break from study. It's not that it's actually taken away from your study. You need that break. Um, I just think that's a huge reason why maybe girls drop out or maybe it's because of it's too intense for them. So I just yeah. think find find that that uh, happy medium where you mm-hmm. get to play, you get to exercise and enjoy it and, and not have that like stress or that pressure on yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd, I'd be the same opinion. And I remember during my leaving cert in, in January, I think it was coming up to the mocks and I didn't go training for the couple of weeks because, you know, I thought in my head, oh, you know, I'll get more study done. Sure, sitting on my phone doing nothing. It was actually, I was more yeah. productive on the evenings that I went training because then I knew when I got home from school from four to seven, I had to get everything done and get out the door for half seven and then come home. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and rather than just, because you faff around all day and do nothing like. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I think sometimes when you have too much time, you just sit in your phone or you sit down and watch the telly or whatever because you know your mind can't focus for yeah. every hour every minute of every day so why not do something and like be proactive or do something active um you know to keep it keeps your mind fresh as well you know exactly yeah I'm interested to hear about your leaving search we're okay to discuss that because a lot of younger listeners do listen to the podcast and I think that's something yeah. we need to talk about a bit more I know particularly when I was doing my leaving search not a lot of people spoke about their leaving search and college experience but you had to you repeated your leaving search yeah so I suppose as I said it wasn't I wasn't very good at work and hard when I was away from school um and I didn't know what I wanted to do um and that probably didn't help either because I had no real I had no goal I suppose as such Mm -hmm. um and you know I did my leaving cert I got whatever points and I actually I had like was planning to go down to WIT I was going to do this course and then because I had said to myself I would never repeat my leaving cert and then I was about to move in with my friend Neve 
Um, and then I realized, you know, I'm going to be doing a course that I don't want to do. I'm actually not happy with my leaving cert. Um, so I was like, maybe I'll just go back. So I decided I went to a place in Carlo that do a repeat course. Um, I started there, but I ended up leaving there and going back to Loretto. Um, okay. I was very lucky that Colin Kerr was the principal um, and he took me back. I didn't get to do all my subjects, but some of the subjects I suppose I had to do on my own. But I did get help from teachers and stuff. Um, and then I really looked into what I wanted to do um, and where what, what goal I suppose I needed to, to meet um, or to, to achieve. So I remember a friend of mine at the time used to always talk about nursing. She wanted to do nursing. And that's kind of where it came from, it came into my head. I was like, I want, I actually want to do nursing. She ended up going uh, and doing engineering and I decided oh, I right. wanted to go do nursing. So I went back and then I suppose I had a, I had a goal then and I had something to actually like strive and work towards. Um, and then I think if you're repeating, you're, you're going to put in a bit more work. Now I did get in Carlo. It didn't really work out for me. Um, I don't think I need to go into why it didn't, but mm -hmm. I suppose I, I was kind of on the back foot again, because it was after the mocks that I actually went back to Loretto, but okay. I was really lucky that the school were just, they were just amazing to me at the time and any teacher that I did approach that I needed a bit of extra help, whether it was out of school hours, they were more than willing to help. Um, so I was very lucky. Um, so that's what I did. And I ended up getting nursing in UCD then. So Brilliant. that's what happened there. Brilliant. And how did you find that? But I do think, oh, sorry, go ahead. just to go back to that as well, is I do think like, you know, the leaving cert is not for everybody. And I do think that what's for you won't pass you and, mm like I know that's so cliche but I, I'm such a big believer in that and I think that everything happens for a reason and now I think I know that I didn't look at any college in UCD before I repeat my leave insert and mm. I just think that uh, there was a reason that I wasn't happy with my leave insert there's a reason that I didn't want to take the course in WIT mm. um, and then I ended up looking off UCD I ended up getting nursing and I think that that all happened for a reason and I think there's no point in putting this pressure on yourself with the leaving search because if you want to get somebody somewhere, then there are so many different paths to get there. Um, so, yeah. Exactly. There's so many back routes and the amount of people I've met yeah. in college that have done back routes and, you know, they've done different careers and they're coming back to do my course. It's it's like, you know, the leaving cert isn't everything. And I think that's just something that's why no. I like to I like to highlight it, because I think maybe in school sometimes maybe, you know, teachers don't mean to do it, but it's kind of made out to be the be all and end all. And you know what? It's not. Yeah. No. And I know in fairness to teachers, they're just trying to, I suppose, get you to work hard and I suppose mm -hmm. learn how to work hard. Um, but it isn't the be all and end all. And there's a girl um, that was in my course. She did a PLC um she worked really hard at that and that's how she got into nursing UCD then she went from nursing on the wards to a nursing in ICU and she's an incredible oh, yeah. nurse um so you know there are you don't have to do the leaving cert to, to get where you want to be you know exactly so around leaving cert time then you went to UCD um were you then you were then involved with the senior Camogie team yeah so when I so when did I start I was 16 just turned 17 when I actually um was playing with Kenny so I went to college 19 so yeah I was involved for um, like a year and a half maybe with mm -hmm. the Kenny senior team at that stage so it was all it just depended some uh sometimes I got lifts down for training sometimes I had to trek to town to get the bus home or whatever but um 
yeah, kind of all started from there then in college, traveling home for training. Did you find that you maybe missed out on some of the so-called normal college experience, having the inter-county commitments? Or did you find that, look, this is something I loved, uh, I love to do and sure, I won't miss a night out or two? Yeah, I think in like anything that you decide to do in your life, whether it's sport, whether it's music, whether it's dancing, if you love that and you want to do it, then you have to be willing to sacrifice certain things. Um, and I suppose I did sacrifice, definitely, definitely sac- sacrifice nights out and stuff um, in college. But like I made so many great friends, both through sport and still in college where I lived and, and everything. So I don't really look back and, and regret it at all um, mm-hmm. because I still got to live a very fun uh, life in college um so I I don't think I needed to have any more you know that kind of way um I think in anything you do in life you're going to have to make sacrifices um so I suppose sacrifice probably not really the right word to use but yeah I suppose you do miss out on certain things but if you're loving what you do and if you're loving what you're doing then are you really missing out yeah yeah exactly that's a great point and I suppose did you ever struggle with motivation towards camogie or was that something again you just loved it so you were going to put in what you needed to do to get where you wanted to go. Yeah, well, there are definitely times where you struggle to, to motivate yourself. And, and I suppose you kind of chat to different people and you might look back on, on times in the past to see if you can find that motivate find that motivation again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think motivation comes and goes. Um, and I think it's just, you just have to learn how to adapt and how to re-motivate yourself again whether it's listening to a podcast chatting to somebody that's in the same sport or chatting to somebody that like motivates themselves to do something that's completely the opposite side of sport and mm-hmm. um, I suppose it's kind of hearing other people's experiences and hearing how other people motivate your, themselves can help you re-motivate yourself um, mm-hmm. maybe in a different way than you have done before yeah yeah, exactly. And do you ever find, let's say, during a tough session, whether it's with the team or, let's say, over lockdown when you were all training by yourselves, and I know you did a takeover and you had to do runs up in a park somewhere, um, did you ever find like that voice inside of your head kind of going, you know, stop, just take a rest, you don't need to do this, or did you just keep going? Oh, like 100%. Yeah, Jeannie, when I'm doing runs, I am never positive, ever, <laughs> because I'm like, oh... I hate running I'm so bad at this you know um but I suppose you just you just learn how to just keep going and like it just all comes down to that commitment and that um like work that you you're willing to put in if you want to play the best or be at the top of your game or want to get a starting position on a team you have to just think is there another player that's doing more? Is there another player that's that you, you could be working the same as? Do you know, you're you're if you want to to get that certain place or you want to be at the the, the best that you can be, then you you kind of that they're the times when you're doing your runs and you're like, right, no, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. But then there are also times where if you feel burnt out or if you are feeling really unmotivated, that you have to just take a break. You might take mm-hmm. a break for a week or uh, just put the hurl down for a week or whatever and just refresh the mind again and and just start over and then that can help if you take that break then that can help for the following week when you're going about doing your training or whatever again mm-hmm. have you had to take many breaks during your career from camogie uh i've taken one in 2015 um there's just a lot going on i had an injury 
um, that I probably just needed to rest. And if I stayed playing, I probably wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was my third year, was it? In my second year in college. Um, and I just decided that I was going to take the year away. So I took the year away, I focused on college and just enjoyed my time in college. I went to America on a J1 um, okay. and I have no regrets either. Yeah. Um, sometimes you do need to take that break. Sometimes you need to put yourself first. Um, and I suppose sometimes we have this like guilt that we feel over like stepping away from a team, especially if you are part of a team and that's the environment that you love you're always going to look out for your other teammates and sometimes you can have that guilt feeling if you step away are you letting them down sometimes you have to put yourself first you have to put your mental health first um so that's what I did that year yeah so that's the only time I took a step away Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes you do have to put your yourself first and I suppose with two like your camogie is a hobby but you play at an inter-county level it's very high demanding and with the job you work now as a nurse how do you kind of balance being able to switch off mentally from either like I suppose with the intercounty camogie you have to be at a high level with your nutrition sleep recovery as well as your performance on the pitch but then with nursing again there's so much that goes into it yeah I suppose they kind of um they work well together um I suppose you know we're told we're not to take anything home from work but at the end of the day we're only human mm-hmm. so I find sometimes going train and then you can kind of let off those emotions and you can kind of let the shackles off and you can express yourself in different ways than than like I suppose thinking about what has happened in work and then you kind of come off the pitch after training and you don't really even think about what has happened in work that day do you know mm-hmm. way so they work kind of well together same with camogie then if you're stressed about camogie you're you can go into work and you don't have time to even think about it so yeah. you're kind of it's off your mind for those 12 10 or 12 hours whatever your your, your shift is um, so I suppose they, they do work well together and I have to say I'm very lucky that the management team are they're just so approachable and they're just very very good listeners and if you feel like you need a break if you feel like you need a night off training you know they're they're always just just willing to, to give you that that break or, or or whatever it is that you need it need at the time like they're very understanding so I suppose I'm lucky with a lot of the people that I do have around me I was actually chatting to, to Brian last night and we were discussing over lockdown there was no sort of expectation put on players to do say certain mental runs a week by themselves or or skills work how was that during lockdown not having that requirement and then being able to go back to the clubs first but at the same time have the uncertainty about the intercounty season did you enjoy that break or did you did you find it difficult without the teams I actually found it incredible. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, okay. I just think if you are playing at an inter-county level, you are always going to want to keep fit anyway. Okay. Um, the lads, they gave us loads of different like options of running or drills or whatever it was that we that they want they wanted or we wanted to do. There was no pressure there, and that's what I found really, really good. I got to enjoy my time up in Dublin here with my housemates the free time but then I was still because there was no pressure there I was just automatically going down to pitch practicing shooting or practicing first touch doing my running or whatever it was to keep fit doing some online classes um I just think that we had been through a lot as a camogie team um and I think the break was the best thing that ever happened to us and I think that was really evident going back and playing with our clubs and then going back with Kilkenny I think you could really see that 
we were all really enjoying playing again. Um, and I think that all just came from the break. Um, training on your own, I definitely got sick of it. Don't get me wrong. I I'm I don't envy anyone that that does a sport and trains on their own all the time. Not something I'd like to do forever, but yeah. it was definitely enjoyable at the time. It was nice to stay fit in different ways. Um, and I suppose mix it up a little bit. Still get to enjoy your free time. You know, for me, I had a lot more free time because I didn't have to travel to training. I was going down Nave Olaf's pitches just down the road. I used to go down there. They're very good to me. They let me choose the ball wall. I'd be down the pitch, do my runs or do my shooting or whatever it was. Um, so I had so much more free time. And so I actually really enjoyed it. And I think as a team, it really benefited us in the long run then when it, when it came back to intercounty season. Do you think that break and you spoke before about finding your love again for Camogie was, you know, obviously a number of factors went into it, but do you think that was nearly one of the reasons for the success he's had in 2020? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was a big part because I think the fact that we had so much time at our clubs and like, you know yourself, cause you play like you're, you're playing with like your best friends in the club mm-hmm. and you're enjoying it. You're having the crack, you're having your nights out or whatever it is. Um, so everyone was just really happy whether they won or they lost club everyone was really happy going back into any season mm-hmm. um and really just enjoying playing and i think when you enjoy you play at, you play your best and i think that's what we did as a team and i suppose the year that was in it we kind of knew not to put that pressure on ourselves anymore because we were just lucky that we got to play so yeah. it was like let's just enjoy it rather than stress or worry or or put pressure on ourselves let's just enjoy the year I think that's why we won because we played to our potential you know because we were happy to be playing exactly yeah exactly and I think a number of GA players have spoken men and women have spoken about that last year and being able to play was was a great thing because you know it was in jeopardy for so long but kind of coming into the final you'd lost the three previous ones and what was it like approaching that final and were the voices kind of going in the back of the head saying, Jesus, if we lose another one, or were you just kind of just saying, look, we're lucky to be here playing and it's great to be in another final? Um, Yeah, well, to be honest, I don't know. Maybe this is just me, but any team that I play with, I really just have belief that we can win, Um, whether it's Tullerone or whether it's Kilkenny. Um, going into every single other final that I've ever played, I've, I, I haven't doubted that we can win mm-hmm. um and for me personally I don't I, I can't speak for the other girls but I wouldn't really have been thinking about the other years and okay geez we can't lose again you know that kind of way like mm-hmm. after we lost the third one in a row we all laughed and joked about it again we were like if we try lose next year we'll probably win so <laughs> you'd be kind of you'd be kind of just kind of messing amongst yourselves but yeah I suppose for me personally, I wasn't thinking about the three losses. I was just thinking about the game ahead. And I was just so excited, to be honest, going into that final. I just was like, oh, come on. I just, the, the, the week was going too slow. Do you know, I just couldn't wait for it to, to, to happen. Um, so I suppose, I, I think just again, the year that was in it, it was just more so let's go and just enjoy ourselves. Um, yeah. And it's great to be in the all final. So it was more for me personally, it was excitement rather than, like worry or, or thinking about previous years 
Brian mentioned that I think it could have been the week or two before the final. You actually text the group chat, kind of chat about. No, you're you're right. You meant I keep doing that. <laughs> it, Grace's technical ability is just absolutely yeah. amazing. Very um, poor. <laughs> um, what I was, um, you texted the group chat about the kind of looking towards the Dublin the Dublin senior ladies, and I suppose as a group, you kind of look towards them for a little bit of inspiration. Yeah, I think at the time they had. L- they had like lost three in a row maybe mm-hmm. and then they went on to win three in a row I think I don't know if it was uh, 2020 I had said yeah. it or 20 yeah I don't know yeah. if it was 2020 or 2019 that I said it but I was like you know like we can just look at them and like we can take inspiration from them like they've been like shot down the same amount of times as we have and they've still come back and show their resilience and they've managed to win this many titles so why can't we do the same mm-hmm. so I suppose you know you're trying to I suppose like instill a belief in in other players as well and you're trying to show them that it is possible to know that it's not impossible mm-hmm. um and i think if you have that little bit of hope or you see that possibility then um it's it's always going to make your mindset more positive rather, rather than negative mm-hmm. do you think the impact of not having fans helped you there in the final or did it not make really any difference i don't really think it would make I don't know. I don't think it would really make any difference. Um, it was definitely different. It was definitely strange and you could hear yourselves on the pitch. Um, but I don't think really it would have made that much of a difference, to be honest. Okay, fair enough, yeah. And do you find it, let's say, if there was a packed stadium where there was fans in attendance, do you find it hard to, like, can you actually hear the fans in the crowd? Like, I know some people speak about they don't hear it at all, which I think is mad because when you've thousands of people screaming, but is that something yeah. that... That is that it can you hear the fans on, on the match day and does it make a difference? Yeah, so I suppose when you go out on the pitch first you can definitely hear them because mm-hmm. you're not like fully, fully in the zone yet. Yeah. But then when you're on the pitch and you're playing the game, you don't hear anything. Okay. Maybe if there's a score, maybe if you get a score, maybe if you get a score against you, you might hear the crowd a little bit more then, but otherwise not really. When I started playing with Kenny first, I used to be like don't look into the crowd. Like in my own head, you'll see somebody you know, you get distracted. Um, and then I learned that that didn't actually really help me. So I just decided then I'm actually going to look into the crowd and I'm going to see can okay. I spot people and see can I see people that I know and I'm, I'm going to embrace this and I'm going to enjoy it. This might never happen again. So why why try avoid it? Why be looking down and avoid looking into the crowd? Why not just embrace this moment? Like this is incredible. Not everybody gets to do this. Yeah. Um, so that's something definitely that I do and um, I would try get younger girls on the team to do it as well and not shy away from looking in and you might see somebody you might not necessarily wave back but it's okay to see people and smile back them or whatever um, yeah and just it, it's again like obviously we all want to win but I think sometimes people forget when we when when you lose like I think media and, and outsiders think like it's the worst thing in the world when you lose but I think they forget that you've made these amazing memories throughout that year with a great bunch of of people around you um and I think that's what it's about in all our final day as well you need to go out you need to embrace the crowd and you need to need to enjoy it because this is going to be something you'll remember so why not just 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 enjoy it at the time Mm -hmm. I heard a good quote recently I can't remember who it was I think it was a coach but it was like the medals are the receipts of the memories yeah, exactly. And do you know when, when we meet up for a few drinks after a game or whatever, you're always chatting about the years, like the years that you've lost. 
and you're chatting about the different things that happened during the year and and like the crap that was had and obviously again we all want to win because you're after putting in all this commitment and it's you're gutted when you when you do lose and and it's heartbreaking at the time mm-hmm. but it's when you look back and you reflect on the year then you're like Jesus that's actually a great year we had mm-hmm. some crack or do you know yeah. there, there were so, there's so many different memories that you've made and and again you you make like the best friends in the whole world um yeah. from playing a team sport as well so yeah exactly do you think it made it sweeter being able to kind of look back on the three years and say look we actually went o- got over the line here oh yeah definitely like after a year after you lose if you win the following year like 2020 was special and something that i will never ever forget and hopefully there will be more times times like it mm-hmm. um but yeah, like you, you learn from when you lose or you learn from when you make a mistake. That's what, that's what you learn from. So it's always sweet then when you can learn and you can improve and you can make your, your goal happen or achievable. Mm-hmm. You mentioned there kind of that, that flow state or the, like, the focus you mentioned, but people call it flow state. Is that something that you kind of just don't think about when you're in the moment? Like, can, you, can you describe that focus um, when you just get into that zone? I suppose you're you're just thinking about playing and you're just kind of thinking about the ball and kind of what you have to do and it's like anything if you're doing a job if I'm giving a patient and work meds I'm just focused on giving them the medication and I'm focused on that patient I'm yeah. not really you kind of just um I suppose you let all the, the the noise and stuff around you you just kind of you let it away and, and you don't really think about it and I suppose that's what kind of happens on the pitch you're just focused on the match and what you have to do next and the next ball the next ball and the next score whatever it is so yeah. that's kind of the focus you're just kind of getting into the mindset of the match is about to start and you need to do a job here now so that's what you're focused on did was mindset something you ever had to work on or was that just something that kind of came naturally to you oh uh, no definitely definitely would have had to work on um do you know as I said before I put like a lot of pressure and stuff on myself and I suppose at the time I never really talked about it but um then sometimes you can let it get to you and it can it can get a little bit too far and you can be playing really poor and I've definitely went through um a couple of years where like I've really doubted myself and have had very low confidence and and still to this day it it happens but Mm. I suppose what you have to do is you have to openly talk about it um I know 2019 I didn't really enjoy the year to be honest because I had absolutely no confidence in myself on the pitch and I would like to think I'm a confident enough person when chatting and talking but I'm also very good at hiding how I actually feel um I'm probably a little bit hard on myself when it comes to playing um and I suppose I definitely have had to work on that and I still every day have to um so I'm playing my club there at the moment and it's something that I suppose you, after coming back from losing the in semi-final just a few weeks ago you're trying to re-motivate yourself to play with your club so you have to work on your mindset but the biggest thing about that is you have to be you have to be able to talk openly about it and I suppose that's something that I've gotten really good at um mm-hmm. expressing how I feel if I feel down or if I feel like I'm playing bad or my confidence is low I'll say it to my housemate or I'll say it to my boyfriend or I'll say it to my my manager or whatever it may be and you know there, there's always going to be someone there to help you out someone there to give you that support Mm-hmm. um but yeah definitely have had to and and still do work on it um as much as I can um and it's it's really important that you don't let let it get too far where 
you don't speak about it and you don't talk about it and then it gets too far where things get a lot worse yeah. I suppose I would always encourage people anyone I would chat to I would be very open in past experiences that I've had um not really on social media I don't I, I wouldn't really chat about it but if I'm talking to someone one it's one I would happily be very open and honest about experiences that I've had um and I think that's all part of working on your mindset is being able to chat to somebody else that you, you either know or you don't know about it and that might give them you know uh, that might give them a little bit of geez maybe I should do that too or, or maybe I should talk about it um so yeah definitely would have had to work on mindset and still do so I think the majority of people do yeah, exactly. I've asked a couple of people this question, but I'd love to hear your take on it. Is the game more more mental or physical, or you, if you could put it as percentages, even? I would definitely think, for me personally, it's a lot mentally tougher than physically. Um, I think if your mental strength is at a good point where it's strong, the physicality side is easy. Okay. I think that it all plays into to one another. I think if you you could be the fittest person ever but if you're telling yourself you're not fit you're not going to make that run because you're mentally uh you're, you're being negative mentally um and I suppose you're telling yourself self you can't do something but if you are saying right I'm going to be in the top five in this then if, if you if you keep telling yourself that you can do it because mm-hmm. you're confident and I suppose you're putting those positive thoughts and you're putting putting that out into the world that you can be that that person or you can be in that top five mm-hmm. so I think mentally I think that the mental side of things is the hardest part of it I think if you can get that right um then then the physicality side of it that will just all come to play with your training and stuff mm-hmm. I saw on Twitter there last week and I think you're doing something tonight but you were down at the Rohini um kind of a, a I think it was a younger girls team and you're going somewhere yeah. tonight but how important is it to give back I suppose as an intercounty player and why do you give back so much I've seen plenty of pictures across social media and you do a lot of webinars and talk to younger players about everything yeah I think um I suppose I've learned this from my own club at home and and my brother what he gives to the club at home and I suppose you're selling them a dream you're selling the young kids a dream and you want them when they're young and when when they don't know about all the bad things that can happen in the world. You're like, give them like something to aspire to be like, or again, sell them a dream and get get them to to have a visual a, a visual or, or or make them look forward to doing something or want to win something or want to be part of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose when I was younger, the visibility for women's sport wasn't there. So now I'm just always willing willing to give back and. Sometimes I'm probably not great at saying no, but in terms of giving a coaching session, Oshin Mason um, was was the guy that contacted me to to give Rahini to to tri- coach the Rahini girls and um like you know I I suppose I didn't even re- think twice about it. I was more than happy to help out and and that was one of the things I actually said to him in my message was you know anything to give back to the younger generation and to I suppose especially for girls at the moment is get them to to look up to somebody or to to want to be like somebody um more so to to get them involved in sport because Mm -hmm. it's not just about like the physicality or being fit being healthy it's it's 
it's about making friends, having a social life um, in terms of sport. And also that all just helps with your mental health. And I think that's so important for the younger kids nowadays because they're growing up into this world where mental health is, is a big struggle. And I just think sport can, can really, really help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm just always willing to give back because you know when I was younger like it, it definitely was there but the visibility wasn't there as much so mm-hmm. I suppose you're trying to give back because you've got a I've got a lot through my years playing with Kenny and playing with Tullerone from other women um in my club or in my county and I suppose you're quite you're kind of just trying to do the same and, and give back to to those kids. If there's anyone listening that would aspire to be like yourself and play for Kilkenny or play inter-county level is there any advice that that young people should should ignore about kind of getting to an elite level Have, is there anything you've kind of heard over the years you're like god that's completely wrong um not really but I just think that don't let anybody pressure you into doing something that you don't want to do if you want to play at a high level then that's up to you to decide and that's your goal to make or to achieve it shouldn't be anybody else's if it's a parent that's like forcing you to play um, you know, to, to, to get onto these, like, uh, uh, I suppose, intercounty teams, you have to want to do it yourself. Um, but also, if it's somebody out there that's telling you that you won't be good enough or that you shouldn't do it, I think that, and it's, it's a quote that goes around a lot, like, hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard enough. And I'm such a big believer in that because I think you can be as talented, you can be the most talented, the most gifted camogie player in the whole of Ireland but if you're not willing to work hard enough there's no point and I think that if you are not as skillful or you're not maybe as talented as other camogie players you can put in the effort put in that extra effort you can put in the hard work and you can always get to where you want to be Mm -hmm. um I think don't let anybody else tell you you can't do something um if you want to do something yourself then you just need to put in that hard work um, and you will get there despite what anybody else thinks. Mm-hmm. When you do eventually retire from sport, because you know, we can't unfortunately play sport forever, what kind of player do you want to be remembered for? Um, geez, that's not really, not really something I would think about. Um, I suppose I just would like to be remembered for being an honest and hardworking player. Um, that's all really, you know, for me, it's just about like playing while I still enjoy it. And when I'm playing as part of Kilkenny or own, I just want to do as much as I can for the, the, the girls that are around me. And, you know, when we won the 2020 final, I was so, so happy. But for me, I was thinking of other players on the team that I was just so proud of. And, um, I suppose that's all part of being on a team and I think that's why a lot of us play team sports because you don't really put yourself first you're putting you're kind of doing it for other people you're doing it for your teammates you're mm-hmm. you're giving your best to try help them mm-hmm. you know get to, to 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 achieve their goal um but yeah I've asked um Hannah Hegarty this question before but do you prefer do you prefer um shorts or the scort I definitely prefer shorts. Yeah, nice. the scores just—they just annoy me, to be honest. Um, and you know, I, we 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 play with we we use shorts and train all the time, so I prefer the shorts. 
what do you think of the new um the new rules and how do you think that's impacted the game? Would you like to see more rule changes um going forward? Um, I think the rules have been brilliant. Um, I think Pogi have been brilliant that they have, I suppose, trialed them and implemented them. Um, I think especially the kind of um physicality one has just allowed the game to flow a lot more. And I suppose it, now Pogi teams are able to showcase how they can actually play without the the whistle being blown. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one that I'm a bit like iffy about is the free from the forty five out your hands. Okay. I'm just like. It kind of takes the skill of the free out of it. Um, apart from that, there's nothing else really that I can think of that I'd like to be brought in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely, definitely happy with the new rules. I think that um, they've worked really well. And I think the last two finals, um, they, like a lot of people have talked about how good the games were. And I think that's that's probably comes from the, the new rules and the game being flown and, uh, and that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. As a Camogie player, does it bother you about this sort of the allocation of resources? And you mentioned there eventually coming over under one umbrella. But if you were a male playing for, if you were playing for the Kilkenny senior men's team, you would have more spotlight. You'd have better access to resources facilities. I know until recently, the the kind of the expenses there's still a, there's still a big difference there. Does it bother you as a Camogie player that there is that that big difference between the two? Yeah, well, I suppose it definitely did bother me a lot more before because I suppose I had Tommy and Park playing with Kenny and I was playing with Kenny at the same time. Um, I was traveling down from Dublin. At, like I was getting like two buses to get home um, and I suppose we weren't getting anything for it. And then you're seeing the other side of it. I was seeing like firsthand what the lads were getting. Yeah. Um, so it used to bother me then. I would definitely have to say that we're very lucky in Kenny Camogie um Sheila Norris is our chairperson at the moment and she has been incredible and all her team as well that we pretty much get almost the same as the lads now um so mm-hmm. I can't really complain that front we're very lucky we get food after training we have physio SNC we have a doctor Brilliant. um dietitian you know we, we kind of have all the resources there and we are very lucky but I know that other teams are not mm-hmm. um it is frustrating at times because I just think when you're putting in this effort sorry they're doing that again oh my god when you're putting in the same effort and sometimes maybe even a little bit more and you're not getting the same in return as the, your male counterparts are that is frustrating um as i said we're lucky enough in kenny Kamogi that we're almost on par of the lads but i know other counties are not and they're sometimes some of them are very far away from 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 their male counterparts so hopefully in time that will like things are definitely improving things are getting better um, and hopefully it just stays going that way. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So I'm going to move on to the sideline seven. It's the same seven questions at the end of every episode. Oh, I actually, d- I forgot to send you this. So I'm gonna, this is this is completely natural, the, these answers. Oh, question, no. <laughs> question one, what is your favourite quote? Hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard enough. Okay. That was is easy. There, I already yeah, said that, so it was in yeah, my head. True, true. Do you have like a team motto or quote that you use? Or? Uh, no. Okay. Was that one of the questions? No, um, no, 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 no. We don't. No, it's just being nosy. Yeah, yeah. No worries. Um, best sporting event you've been to? Oh wow. Um, I'm gonna say outside of because obviously I got to grow up uh, with a really successful Kenny Hurling team. Um, 
my first All-Ireland that I went to as a neutral was Limerick and Galway in the All-Ireland final. And I got one ticket on my own. I was in the Upper Hogan. I didn't have anybody I knew around me. And it was just incredible to watch because I suppose I didn't have anybody playing that I knew. Um, so I got to really enjoy it. It was stress-free and it was just incredible, I suppose, at the time as well to watch Limerick win because they hadn't won in so long. Um, so that's the one, I suppose, that comes to my mind. Um, probably just because I was a neutral and I was literally on my own. I was maybe making friends with people outside me. I don't even know where they were from. Um <laughs> I suppose that's one that I, I can uh, remember that comes to the top of my mind. Uh, biggest setback or challenge so far in your career? Um, the biggest challenge was probably the year I took away. Um, I had to really think about it. Um, and again, that kind of guilt thought was coming back into my mind. And I suppose you know, I had a lot of FOMO. Um, I suppose... In, you know, if the girls had to go on and win that All-Ireland, I would have been devastated. Um, it was just, I suppose, a risk that I had to take. And it was a big challenge at the time because I really had to think about it. And it was a hard decision to make. Um, but it ended up being the right one for me at the time. So I suppose that's probably has been the hardest in terms of injury. Um, I've had a few different injuries, but um, nothing too major, thank God. Touch wood. Touch wood, yeah. Kind of on the flip side then, a bit more positive, uh, your biggest achievement on or off the pitch? <clears throat> biggest achievement on or off the pitch? Um, off the pitch, uh, I would say graduating as a nurse. Uh, that's probably my biggest achievement uh, on the pitch. Um, I don't really have any personal ones, I suppose, just as a team. Again, with Kenny, the 2020 All-Ireland maybe because yeah. I was on the starting team at the time and it was after a pandemic, um, you know, I suppose a year that was never going to be had again. That was really special. So they were my two moments, I suppose. Looking back, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Um, do not worry about what other people think. That's a lot easier said than done. Um, do your own thing, be yourself. If you like certain bands, you like certain clothes, you do you um, and do not try to be like anybody else. Um, you're going to just be special if you be who you really are yourself. So yeah. I would say bring out you um, from the inside to the outside. Brilliant. Was that a process that you had to kind of get through and did it take long to kind of get over that stage? Because I'm only kind of probably in like the middle to, to latter stages of that I, le- I care less now but sometimes they're like oh god you kind of just go through phases um when I was younger I suppose I didn't really care it was just all about camogie that was my life <laughs> you know then when I got to college um I was a free enough bird then as well and then I suppose there are times where you you care about what the people think and you worry and it's just all comes back to mindset and you, you have to kind of just focus on yourself and, and think about yourself and put yourself first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a process I think you go through for a lot of your life. Um, but yeah, I go through phases where I don't care what anybody thinks. And then I go through phases where I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this or I can't do this. Because somebody yeah. will you know, say something or whatever. But yeah, it's just all about mindset and, and focusing on yourself and the, I suppose trying to keep positive and trying to bring and put positivity out into the world and and I suppose keep that up, which is hard. It's 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 
it's there are going to be times where you're feeling down, you're feeling low or whatever, but it's about, I suppose, uh, keeping that light and, and, and looking towards that light and, and that positivity and trying to hold on to it as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would your dream dinner guest be and why? And you can include a few here if you want. Oh, that's a really hard one. Um, I don't really, like, I don't really have any famous people that I love. Okay. My housemates laugh at me because I don't know any famous people. <laughs> um, I know that's terrible, like, but there'd be songs or movies on and they just laugh at me because I don't know the names of anybody or else I'll just get it wrong. So I think this is a really hard question. There's nobody, like, famous that I'd like to Well, you don't have to meet, pick anyone really. famous. You can just pick okay. someone. Okay. Um, oh, God, this is really tough. Um, I am gonna say Kelly Harrington. Okay, I'm actually meeting her soon for oh, um, brilliant! Something that I'm doing with the National Dairy Council, so I'm yeah. excited for that. Um, she is an inspiration. Her, her and Katie Taylor. I've actually met Katie Taylor. Oh, very uh, good. God, you know loads her. of famous people. You don't like. You oh know no, I don't person. know them now. <laughs> no, I don't know them. I just am lucky to have met them. Um. I'm just going to say her because yeah. I know I get, I'm going to get to meet her. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. I don't know anybody else. That's fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> last question. Last question before I let you go. Uh, if your life was a book, what chapter would this be called? Oh, God. Um, what would this be called? I'm really sad that I didn't, you didn't send me these beforehand. <laughs> let me think. If my life was a chapter, what would this be called? Um the fear of getting older okay there you go there, that's the, that's a good one okay yeah yeah look <laughs> grace thanks so much for your time again just want to wish you the best of luck um moving forward on and off the pitch and yeah thanks a million and enjoy meeting kelly harrington <laughs> i will thanks orla a massive thank you to grace for joining me today i just want to wish you the very best of luck next year and beyond if you enjoyed the episode or you got something from it, be sure to let both of us know over on social media, which will be linked in the description box below. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a rating and a review as it does help the show grow. Don't forget to check out the website, thesideonlive.com for more content. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you in the next one.